Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Locked On Browns, episode 200. How you been, guys? Look, uh, last week was going to be a tight week for me anyway. Uh, I was able to sneak in the Ratley interview for you. Uh, I was able to find some time for that, which was fun. I hope everybody got a chance to listen to it. Uh, Great young man. The fact that uh, I already signed his contract, only being in the uh, building for three days, Kind of everything you want, you kind of everything he got from the kid. Uh, he was a guy who was going to come to work. He was committed. You know, he's got his college degree in one hand. Now got his NFL contract in another. So you know, hats off to Damian Ratley. Hope uh, you know, obviously, you know, had a pretty strong weekend here. So we'll be looking forward to following him over the summer. Uh, you know, uh, going in here tonight, obviously, you know, no stranger to anybody. Brought a guest in here tonight. Do another mailbag. Uh, haven't gotten a chance to sit down with Pete since the draft all unfolded. Uh, you know, crazy weekend where that all worked out. But Pete Smith, my friend, how you been? And look, first things first. Pete, I will bow in your honor. Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, nice job with those selections. Um, there's an element of this that doesn't feel real yet. Uh, <laughs> and I, I mean, honestly, it's like <clears throat> a part of it's like, I, I mean, I've seen them obviously with the helmet and the and the jersey on, but there's like, I don't think it'll really set. I like, let's put it this way: Josh Allen would have set in immediately. That would have, you know, you, you you'd know that one. But like, with these. Uh, it honest. There's a part of it that doesn't like feel like it's, uh, I guess, connected yet, and I probably won't until we actually get to camp. And he's throwing two guys. He's he's throwing two guys that were on the team. Like he's throwing to Josh Gordon. He's throwing to Njoku. He's handing off to Duke Johnson. Those types of things. No, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, and you know, in, in all the interviews, which you know, guys. I mean, most of them become the fluff pieces. Uh, you know, stop asking him if he's going to Cavs games. Stop asking him if he plays golf. Even if he said, <laughs> you want to know what? I really enjoy playing a game of golf. You know what everybody would have said? Oh, no, nah, man. Kid's got other interests. Oh, good Lord. He's already looking for golf courses. Guys, just just, just let it be. Let the kid soak up the moment. And actually, that's going to lead us to our first uh, question here. And actually, this one is perfect for you, Pete. Uh, being the Baker guy who rang. I, I don't know if anybody rang the bell louder. There may have been one or two. But uh, in Cleveland circles, I don't think there were. What is the most exciting thing about Baker Mayfield? One attribute or ability that is just above and beyond the rest? That's actually a good question. Thank you, Kyle Burrows. Uh, I, I guess, I mean, you're seeing it right now, and, and this is part of why, you know, I always get people who complain about why I bang, bang the drum for young guys at every other position and why I sort of err on the side of, seniors at quarterback is it's because it's really hard to be a quarterback in the NFL and be a rookie and you're seeing an adult who owns the room every place he goes and that not only matters in the media which is I mean he's obviously handled like a champ and and you know Tony Grossi uh, went from threatening to quit his job or promising to quit his job to Basically, almost asking Baker Mayfield out on a date at the end of that presser. It got pretty, pretty close. But that's what he does. Is he the the thing with him? Where one of the reasons I hated the Manzel comparison is Manzel had that uh, had that ability to sort of be fake for what he needed to be. Uh, and Mayfield is who he is all the time. What you may not enjoy it all the time. He may do some things that you don't agree with, but you know exactly what you're getting, 
And when it comes to dealing with a locker room and it comes to those other guys who are going to be in there, you cannot fake it with those guys. They will see right through you. And I would say the same thing about coaches. Players will figure it out real fast if you're not there for the right reasons. And, you know, guys say, will say, you know, for the next couple of months he's on scholarship, so to speak, and guys will say the right things the whole way for a while. But if you get guys to be honest about it, I expect when it came to Manziel and it came to Kaiser, you know, Manziel, I'm sure they would have said they weren't sure if he was taking it seriously. Uh, and with Kaiser, probably a little bit of a deer in headlights type thing. Meanwhile, and this does not mean he should play right now, uh, this second, it just means that he's ready to work and be a quarterback uh, in the NFL. You're seeing that aura of what Mayfield brings and he he makes people like him and and that that's not a bad thing like he's got he's got some juice in that regard uh, I think part of it in you know in, in the whole thing first off yeah Tony G was you know about to ask him out for a plate of pierogies it seemed like it was getting a bad obscene and uh, you know look for for all of them who you know tried to ding him and bash him uh, look I, I think Baker's got the memory where he knows about stuff like this uh, I know he's certainly got people you know following what's said about him social media and that stuff so look, he's probably going to play with a straight face and uh, you know be good about it, but don't think he probably doesn't know who said what. So just keep that in mind. Um, when you're talking about this here, look, he he's 23 years old. These other guys, you know, I mean, Josh Rosen just minted, you know minted 21. Sam Darnold not even yet 21. So there is some theory there and some thought are you know what are these guys going to be like as people in two years. You know, how have they matured? now? But they're also going to have to now mature in a much bigger light. Obviously, you know, Sam Darnold in New York. Obviously, you know, Josh Rosen. And, you know, kudos to Arizona because the Arizona Cardinals, there was nothing but jokes and mocking made about them. And everything just walked into where they could just trade up to 10. And it was like, all right, well, if nobody wants Josh Rosen, I, I guess we'll take him. And, you know, no more jokes on the Arizona Cardinals. That worked out for them. But, you know, and, and the other thing is, is look, Baker Mayfield... If he's not playing quarterback for your team, yes, maybe grabbing his crotch or maybe saying, you want to know what, this crowd disrespected me and I am going to let them know every second of this 60 minutes of football we're going to play. Every chance I get, I'm going to remind him on that. And you'll see a lot of people who now that he's going to wear this orange helmet, those things aren't as irritating anymore now because it's not being done to your team. He's doing it as part of your team. So a lot of that's changed in that respect. But as far as probably the top quality, it's the accuracy, it's the game gamesmanship, and it's the fact that he carries himself like a pro already. So, you know, that's you know probably that on Baker Mayfield. Guys, you're listening to Locked On Browns. If you, uh, guys, Cavaliers, obviously game four shortly. Uh, check out Chris Manning and Locked On Cavs. Does a fantastic job over there with that. He's got you covered anything-wise. So, Locked On Cavs, and hopefully get you, you know, every, all you Cavs listeners get a sweep here this evening. Now, Pete, moving on over, uh, you know, Denzel Ward, obviously, you know, now here's a guy you're very familiar with, uh, you know, having coached against him in high school, uh, you know, ended up being the number four selection. Uh, I think at the end of the day, there wasn't much action for the Browns to trade out of four, A, because they had already taken a quarterback, and I think everybody else kind of realized the price was a little heavy to go that high, especially when you could get to seven or you could get to ten and still get the other two quarterbacks. So Denzel Ward... Uh, at the, in the end of the day, over Bradley Chubb, you know, and I know a lot of you Browns fans had the jokes ready for the double Chubb. Didn't work out that way. Uh, but Denzel Ward, Pete, I mean, I know this is a guy you've been seeing now for, it's, it's got to be almost four to five years. Look, I mean, the concerns are there. I mean, we have talked about it. The way 
eight is going to be a thing. But the other part of that is he's a phenomenal man cover guy. Uh, his feet, his hips, uh, his body control when he's in in phase in coverage, he's phenomenal. He's really disciplined in terms of where his eyes are. And and you know if you followed guys like Jake Burns and some of those other guys, you've seen a lot of the talk about. Um, and, and I guess local media is picking up on this now that this is how they're trained at Ohio State and really this is how man corners are trained period is you're not supposed to look back for the ball you're supposed to read the, the receiver's eyes read the receiver's hands and stay in position and make a play on it like that and he's great at it um, I, I think he at, at worst he's going to be a very good cover guy Um I have some small concerns in terms of the defensive coordinator, and I already saw a little bit of this in minicamp uh, where I'm seeing him 10 yards off the ball. Uh, he's looking at the quarterback. He bites on a little fake, and boom, double move, sluggo action, nice easy touchdown. Um, that's not, to me, I mean, it's not like he can't do it, but that's not to me what he is. I mean, to me, and I'm not suggesting he needs to be pressing either. He can just be a tight man cover corner. But the reason you got him is because he can turn and run with anybody. And he's got length, even his arms are shorter than you prefer. Uh, he will bring whatever 175, 180 pounds he's got to, to be a, a tackler and a run defender. He, he'll, he'll give you whatever he has. Um, so, I, I mean, it, it's a good pick. My only question with it is, and this is you know not fair to Denzel, is he's you picked him fourth, and it's going to be almost impossible for him to live up to that. Champ Bailey went fourth. That's you know that's an un, un, unfair expectation, but that's in a lot of ways what people will think they should be getting out of that pick. And he may be great. He may even be Pro Bowl type guy. He probably not going to be champ bailey and that's that's difficult and and you know maybe the ohio state honks will hold off of him specifically because of that but at some point and and if they i guess if the browns win they probably won't care but they may be less than thrilled on on the return on investment uh down the road which is you know if he's good and we're complaining that he wasn't as good as maybe they would have hoped that's fine uh, but that is that's going to be a thing at some point. Uh, you know, the the early thing for me is you know it, it, you look at this division on a whole. You know, the one that kind of sticks out to me is you know AJ Green. Now, how, how are you going to handle that? That just looks like it's something that's going to be a problem. Now, here's a guy, you know, AJ Green at his size, he can run with Denzel Ward, and obviously coming with a much more you know pro body, pro frame. You know, that's a that's a matchup, and you know, it's still you know. Something when two games of the year in the Bengal games is, you know, and your your object all week long is what are we going to do? Take AJ Green out of this game? I don't know if the guy you picked at four. And granted, maybe you know any corner going at four, he better be Deion Sanders. He better be the Champ Bailey Ilks of the world. You know, I don't know if you still rectify that you have a solid game plan to combat somebody like that. You know, you're in a division where you don't have to worry about it as much. But it, you know, it, you know, an AJ Green matchup for Denzel Ward does not really look too great on paper. Uh, Paul Myers, uh, given the offensive talent of the Browns, what personnel group and players should the Browns use most often? Go ahead, Pete. 
Um, I mean, obviously, you're going to start with with Josh Gordon, uh, and David Njoku, and then it's a question of who else is out there. And and if if you're saying, uh, what's the best offense for me to gain, you know, X yards? I mean, I probably have Nick Chubb in the backfield, Duke Johnson is one of my weapons, and Corey Coleman as the other dude. But you know, that's not going to make a lot of people happy because obviously, I left out the sixteen million dollar man. Uh, but ultimately, I think what you're going to see is a lot of single back with Najoku and, and Gordon, and then Landry's going to be, uh, I guess, you, depending on your terminology, either an H or a U uh, in the slot somewhere, and then it's going to be a question of who's going to be that, that Z. I still think it makes the most sense to have Corey Coleman be that guy, uh, but we shall see if he can stay healthy and then if he just lives up to sort of the the – billing he's had since he became a rookie but that to me is is the best situation uh and and then it becomes let's assume it's tyrod taylor for the moment it's going to be a lot of controlling the middle of the line of scrimmage running the ball and then play action which is going to end up and tyrod's pretty good at this it's going to be going over the top and you're going to go over the top to who you're going to go to gordon because he's your dude and you're going to try to get him you know 100 100 receptions this season assuming he can do his and but that's your offense. You're hoping to try as best you can to force opponents to be honest to the run, uh, make, make them commit an extra defender up, and then get that, that favorable matchup. So if you get them biting on something where you're, they're worried about a Nick Chubb or a Duke Johnson or Carlos Hyde, I suppose, uh, that, that you do end up with that single matchup where you can go deep ball. And now they've got, you know, five receivers that sort of really excel as deep ball guys with the, the draft picks. And I don't know how those guys are going to ultimately work out, but that's clearly something they had in mind by picking both of them. Uh, I, I, I'm with you here 100% because, you know, I think they have, you know, the emphasis is put on that they want to be able to run the ball. You have three guys, you know, who, who you have a lot of faith in now, which leads to the passing game and leads to chunk plays. And, you know, that is what you're looking for in the passing game. And this has been kind of me and you where we've been here with Jarvis Landry is, uh, I mean, if you're going to throw these names on the wall and say, all right, well, you know, we're going to make a batting order of who we like best to succeed in, you know, 15, 20, 25-yard gains, you start, Landry keeps dropping further and further down that list. But, look, there's going to be situations for your third and fours and your third and fives. Uh, Jarvis Landry better make the most of those opportunities because if he doesn't, they'll move on to the next guy. So we'll see where that is, you know, where that is. But yeah, I mean, a lot of play action. You know, uh, the Twins obviously, uh, you know, Injoku. But I mean, if anything, just move these guys all over the field. Constantly keep the defense on their toes because a lot of these guys are kind of interchangeable and in they they can get vertical. So if they can get vertical, they're going to get some respect where they should be able to break off some shorter routes, some slants. Obviously, you know, stops, you know, hitches, smokes, all that type of stuff. So it's certainly going to be interesting to see how that works out. All right, moving on. Jeffrey Vaquera. Hey, guys, I really like Tyrod's stats against zone set defenses that he used in large percentage by AFC North opponents. Barring a loss at the offensive line, is it unrealistic to believe that he could exceed his 2016 success statistically now, especially since he's got Todd Haley? Well, let's start with the obvious here. The reason Tyrod Taylor sees a lot of zone defense is because because of Tyrod's legs. Uh, generally, if you are a defense that's going to play with a, a, a against a quarterback that's a threat to run, 
you're going to play zone because you're looking forward, and if a guy breaks down, suddenly takes off, you're in a position to go up and, and go get him, whereas opposed to, man, if you've got corners that have turned and, turn and run, it creates enormous space for a, a running quarterback to take advantage. Uh, so, I, you know, more than likely you're going to see zone coverage, especially on early downs, and then either either dropping into a deep zone or even some man coverage maybe on longer down the distance. Can he improve on those numbers? Yeah, because he's going to have weapons that are way better than what he had last year in Buffalo. Uh, again, this is all depending on health and, and guys staying clean, but uh, if, you, if you're doing what Todd Haley at least has shown to like to do, it's wide receiver screens and going deep versus uh, these opportunities where you're just tra- trying to create space. And again, uh, mentioning sort of uh, mentioning Callaway and, and Ratley, this is what they did. The, the two, th- if you watch their tape, the two things that Damian Ratley and Antonio Callaway did is they caught bubble screens and they went deep. And that is sort of Todd Haley in a nutshell. And I think they're trying to get one of those guys to be Martavis Bryant, uh, that type of player. And the thing that makes Callaway sort of equipped to do it is he was a high school running back who became a receiver in college, uh, that he's physical and, and willing to do that. But those that ability to sort of stretch zones is going to make it a lot easier for Tyrod to sort of pick teams apart. Now the question is going to be how well will he be able to process and go through his reads where he's been and, – and people may – push back on this is he just a one read quarterback or is he going to be able to sort of process and go through and find some checkdowns and find some nice opportunities to take advantage of what should be some nice seams in the zone coverage yeah and well the thing with Ty, Tyrod and anybody who if you remember I, I, guys I had one of the Buffalo Beat reporters on Sacapaccio uh, you know works for uh, radio station WGR 550 up in Buffalo uh, you know, and he said, "Look, the reason you know Tyrod's gonna ends up seeing a lot of zone, like Pete says, it is obviously you know the legs. You know, you cannot, you, you have to have your eyes on them. But a lot of it is, is a lot of teams played it for two and a half quarters, and said, you want to know what? You know, let's now let's keep him in the pocket. I don't want him running around because I know the damage he can do with his legs and the plays he can make. You know, when he gets out of you know, you know the pocket." It was more of a, you know what, well, it's traditional now. Be a quarterback on third and seven. You know, and like you just said, Pete, make your reads, find the open guy, and hit the throw. And, you know, what Sal said was more often than not, at the end of it, it's the kind of way it worked. And, you know, Sal, obviously, you know, being a beat reporter, was there and talked to defensive guys who played against him. And, you know, they said, look, it just came down to, you know, making Tyrod Taylor be a pocket quarterback. And at the end of the day, that's not Tyrod's strength. So, you know, that's, you know, that's where you're going to see the zone, you know, and so we'll see how it works for him. If it doesn't work out earlier, that it could increase and accelerate the path, you know, to getting Baker in. We'll see how it works. All right, next one we have here is from, okay, this one I actually I do like. Uh, Michael Kuhn, uh, Michael, thanks for the question. We all know the hit rate on high round draft picks is around 50%. Of our first four picks, which two do you expect will hit, and which two do you think are more likely to fail? Ooh, that's actually a good one. Go ahead, Pete. 
Uh, Baker Mayfield and Nick Chubb are easily the most likely to hit. Ward and uh, the Nevada kid are most likely to sort of. I don't even want to call it miss because I think I think there's a real scenario where the Browns have exactly what he laid out and they still come out smelling like a rose. And obviously the quarterback's going to be a major part of that. But if Austin Corbett isn't able to sort of be a left tackle and people view him as a disappointment because he's a backup and they use a 33rd pick on him and all that crap, I fully expect that in two years he will either be, and I'm betting it's the right guard, or center, uh, and that you're taking what it would be a nice depth player, uh, and then he ultimately becomes a starter long term uh, for, for what I would expect is Zeitler because if you look at all the linemen the, the, the Browns have uh, and with this new front office there's one guy who has it sticks out like a very sore thumb in terms of athletic traits um, Zeitler can't move and he's never going to be able to move he's a bulldog and a guy, he's just a bulldozer type uh, and if they're going to you know a couple years they decide that contract is not very good and it, you know then that would make it more likely to have Corbett slide in there. And I and I and I, I honestly think there's a scenario where Corbett could be left tackle for a couple of years and the Browns come back and if they find, see a tackle they really like, they may actually just say, we want this dude to be the left tackle and move Corbett to guard anyway, uh, just because they may see a dude that stands out from that standpoint. Uh, and if you look at sort of what the Chiefs and Packers have done, uh, they tend to pick tackles and move them inside. Uh, so they're just going to keep getting tackles, getting ca- tackles, getting tackles until they find five guys that are basically tackles. That is what Green Bay has uh, right now, uh, except for Corey Lindsley. He's the one exception, but uh, that is what J.C. Treader was in college. They have uh, they had five tackles up there in Green Bay for a while. Uh, the other part, and we, I sort of touched on this, is Denzel Ward could be a very good cover guy and be a massive disappointment relative to fourth pick. Um, whereas I think Nick Chubb is an absolute stud, and, and the only way he's not going to work is if he basically gets injured. And then, look, we can talk about anything else. All three other guys could be, an absolute, could be absolute stars. If Baker Mayfield doesn't work out, nobody's ever going to think about anything else. So... Uh, not only uh, do I believe he's the best quarterback in the draft, and I think he's well-equipped, and I think they actually have a nice situation for him, save this coaching staff. Um, I, I, I think it's relatively idiot-proof uh, with him, and, and unless he just – unless everybody's just dead wrong on their evaluation, I just have a hard time seeing him not be a very, very good quarterback. Um, I, I do agree with the two you chose, and look, the return on Ward – I mean, what you're talking about that you're getting from a number, you know, drafting him number four overall, you're talking, you know, double-digit interceptions. You're putting pressure on him, like, taking one or, you know, minimum one to two a year to the house. So, I mean, that's a lot of pressure there. You know, Corbett, at, at worst, at 30, uh, at 33, will be a part of this offensive line. Maybe he doesn't start from day one. Maybe he does. Either way, if you, you're drafting an offensive lineman in the second round and you get a guy who starts for you for three or four years whether or not he leaves after his first contract or not, you know, that's going to be a hit. But I don't think he's going to give you the return that a Nick Chubb is going to get. Uh, you know, Nick Chubb, we're talking about a guy who should score double-digit touchdowns every season. He's good around the goal line. Uh, if you can continue to keep this offensive line as a strong point like it is now, Nick Chubb takes what is given to him. He does not leave yards on the field. 
So yeah, and look, in, 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 with any draft class, it always comes down to if you did a quarterback early, the entire draft class is going to be relative on that because everyone's going to be aggravated otherwise if it doesn't work out. And no one's going to say, oh, well, he's playing really good. Yeah, but no one's going to care that the running back is good on a 3-13 and 13, or that you have a nice young cornerback on a 2-14 and 14 team. Nobody's going to care. So Baker, the, the hit rate has got to be there for him. You know, that's where you got to place the chips because basically everybody in that building just did as well. Uh, guys, listen to Lockdown Browns, uh, whatever you guys use, whether it's, you know, iTunes, Spotify, whatever listening app. Guys, make sure you smash that uh, subscribe button, five-star review, please. Write some nice words. Always looking for that. Pete, what do you got in the hopper here, at, uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks that everybody can be looking at for as far as, you know, the work you're putting out? Uh, I did the comprehensive review. I did the stuff I would have done differently, and then I did the 2019 mock draft, which made you particularly happy. Um so right now it's probably going to be basically I think the next thing I'm probably going to do is is basically talk about how 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 do you make Baker Mayfield successful? Okay, guys, listen, uh, there were some questions I didn't get to tonight, guys. I'm going to have Pete in another night this week. We're going to go over the you know selections. We'll go, you know we'll go do the other uh, you know the other picks. Obviously, you know from uh, round three going backwards. Obviously, the trade back into round three. We'll cover that there for you guys. Guys, make sure you're following Pete and reading his work over at NFL Spin Zone, where he's covering the Browns there. Uh, give Pete a follow, obviously. Guys, follow the show at Lockdown Browns. You do a great job there. I, I, I love the interaction you guys give me. It makes it so much easier to put together great shows, knowing what you guys want to hear about. Go ahead, follow me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, guys, until tomorrow, uh, you know, let's go Browns.